Hello and welcome to the Union Podcast. My name is Bonnie. I'm here with my husband, Brian. Hello. We are so glad to have you with us. This is your first time joining us. Welcome. Uh, we are the founders of the Union Movement. And today in our conversation, we actually, uh, you know, want to take some time to have some conversation, just Brian and I, about who we are uh, personally, and then also why we started the union movement. Uh, you know, we never pictured ourselves as like when we were younger, you know, new to our faith and stuff. It wasn't like, Hey, how about let's have a podcast about sex and Mm -hmm. sexuality and all these tough, tough issues. We never really, we didn't think that, but we, um, the Lord's led us on a journey. And so we want to be real and share, uh, about who we are and, you know, what we hope to bring to people. And so maybe you're a return listener to our podcast. If so, that's awesome. And we, you know, invite you to, to spread the word. If you know, you find the content of this episode or other episodes helpful and encouraging, just even think of one other person that you think that man, my neighbor or my relative or my friend, they could really, they could really be encouraged by this content too. Just send it over to them and uh, let's spread the word of you know, these hope and truth filled messages around sexuality and relationships. That is our goal and we can't do it without you. And just like Bonnie mentioned that this has been a journey for us to get here. We have actually launched our first e-course called the journey home. Mm -hmm. And this is all about just really a 30,000 foot perspective on God's design for you as, as a human and being made in the image of God, Uh, the gift of sexuality, marriage, even getting into how shame works and even how God allows shame to, to keep us from crossing boundaries, but to also, uh, he, he allows shame in our life to bring us back to him so that we could be healed. And, and that's just why we called it the journey home is because as we, as we step out of shame, as we step out of guilt, or we step out of confusion on some of these topics, uh, it's just like making our way home. And uh, so we would uh, love for you to check that out. You can check it out on our website, theunionmovement.com or visit courses.com the union movement.com and uh, you can see an introduction video and it's eight sessions um, and there's group options as well for you and your friends to go through it together. And we, we really believe it's going to impact your life. Yeah. And we're starting to hear some really great feedback from people who are saying that they, you know, either they're halfway through the course or they've done a couple sessions and just how um, refreshing the con I, someone was talking to me today and they just said, it's so refreshing. Like I need to be reminded mm. of these truths. Uh, and that's just, so encouraging for us because that's why we why we did it that's why we do it so tonight we're going to share with you on how we got here yeah that's right you're listening to the union podcast the union exists to bring biblical confidence and clarity to the topics of relationships and sexuality on this podcast we unpack the damaging effects of modern sex culture and discuss how to heal from the past and enrich your relationships here are your hosts brian and bonnie Pugh. All right. So here we are, episode 35. Yep. Episode 35. And, you know, we, back when we started the union, I think some of our early podcasts were really trying to be geared around the vision of why we're here and, and who we are, but we felt it would be so appropriate um, to have a little bit more of a conversation and share with maybe some of our new listeners, like why the union exists, mm-hmm. why this message is important to us and, and really how, what God has done in our individual lives mm-hmm. um, to really put this, this burden in our hearts. Yeah. And so maybe that's, maybe that's just a great place to start, babe. Like, why don't you tell um, the world, tell the world, um, <laughs> 
Well, you just tell those who are listening, like why this topic of all the topics we could talk about? Because there's a lot in the Bible. There's a lot um, of, of things to discuss in the world. But why the topic of God's design for sexuality, marriage, identity, all these areas? Yeah. What does it mean to you? Yeah, well, Matt, I think to be honest, so I was somebody, I grew up in the church. And, um, I was homeschooled and I had parents, a married, you know, my parents were good friends with each other. And so I watched their marriage, um, be healthy. So like I had a lot of great, um, foundations. Uh, and yet what's crazy is that I remember from such a young age, just being aware of like brokenness. Mm. Um, even my mom can like, can reminds me of when I was a young girl, they would get, uh, you know, Christian magazines into the house and there'd be articles about like the trouble with the the young generation. And I would be just like this young girl reading the magazines and like learning about, um, just the issues that people were facing. And so Mm. my heart, even at a young age was really starting to break even for, um, specifically for me, it was the fatherlessness of, um, of young men. Mm. I just saw it as such a crisis and I have two sisters, uh, but for some reason that's just what broke my heart. And, Um, as I got older and came into my teen years, then I started to, it wasn't just like a theoretical issue, but the friend, my friends, um, I started to see the brokenness in their lives. Mm -hmm. And I, I can remember, you know, my, the blue phone that was in my room, you know, the long stretchy cord. Cause there was no, it wasn't even cordless phone, but I just remember spending like, we're old. I know it's so funny. It was attached to the wall, you guys, and you had a busy signal if, you know, if you couldn't get through. Well, busy signals are still around, but. Are they? Yeah. I haven't heard one for a long time. Well, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. Anyways. Anyways, the blue blue phone. Yeah, blue phone. But I just remember talking with some of my friends who were either in uh, like dating relationships or, you know, and they were and things would break, things would go wrong. And, and it, I couldn't figure out really why these are people who even, you know, young men, young women in the church with me. And yet they just dealt with such heartache and, and confusion around purity, around sexuality. Uh, and then when I was 15, um, it was a, it was a kind of like a big wake up call, um, where, um, my best friend at the time actually ended up getting into a real, I say relationship, but like it was a messed up situation, um, mm. with a married man and she, Which she had kind of been groomed and yeah. led into. Yeah. It was really yeah. brutal. So, and it was like, for me, suddenly I just was like, man, I'm now I'm actually scared of sexuality. Now I'm actually afraid of men. Now I'm afraid of, um, like that, you know, this guy's marriage fell apart. Like now I'm afraid, like what could happen in my future? And, um, and I saw so much, um, just confusion in my friend. And I, Mm -hmm. that summer I actually went into a place, I would say depression. I remember writing in my journal, like, I don't, really want to wake up. Like I want to fall asleep and not wake up. Um, talk to my parents about getting on antidepressants just to try to like get through, you know, and, um, and this, 
yeah, this is just what breaks my heart is like, so those things didn't even happen to me, but because these areas of sexuality, they hit so deep. It doesn't just, it's not just you who are as affected by your choices, but it's the community around you is affected by, um, by sexual brokenness, by sexual, you know, sin, things that God would say, that's not cool. Like that's going to break you. Um, I experienced that brokenness. Uh, that was the summer I started getting migraines. Like it was, Mm. um, it was really hard and the Lord started to piece it back together. I even remember Um, that was actually even one of the first times I really tangibly felt the presence of God come in as a place of, as comfort to me. So I started to know him in a new way. Um, he came close and taught me how to forgive, you know, all those things anyway. Um, but I remember specifically thinking of that verse, like God works all things together for good. And I remember just saying to the Lord, like, I, I'd kind of like to see you try with this one. Mm. Like, I can't see any good coming from this situation with my friend and this leader. Um, it was a church leader who committed, yeah, committed adultery with a 15 year old. Like what good could come of this? And, right. um, I'm so pleased that my friend really, um, her life has really come, you know, has, she has found so much healing and I'm so glad. Mm -hmm. Uh, But even within my life, I believe that the pain that I experienced there um, brought me into a place of compassion for others and, and passion to see the church really um, speak about the need for sexual wholeness, the need for integrity uh, to not run around, not avoid these topics. Right. and not have hidden life, have hidden lives. So it, in, in the end, it ended up, um, shaping me, the pain shaped me wow. for the, the passion. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. I know this, but it's still amazing. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I've heard this part of the story before. Yeah, totally. But, yeah. So how did you like, how did this really start to, because like, that's obviously, that's going to be a very key part of your life and your upbringing. So that's going to leave a mark. Mm-hmm. on you and as much as God used that pain to now bring you to this place. But what was it that like where you started to see like, man, this is actually so important. Now I need to act. It's not just like, I see that this is important. This needs to yeah. happen. But what was it that caused the rubber to meet the road and like, really just like, I want to push in on this. Yeah. Um, I think it was probably, it was, it was a gradual thing, but I know for sure when, when I was 19, I spent a year in a nearby uh, city, uh, going through like a leadership development school, discipleship school. And while I was there, um, we've mentioned him before, but our, our good friend, Jim Anderson came Mm -hmm. and he spent four days, full days with us, this class, this young class talking about, the issues that, you know, we cover here with the union movement. So, you know, what it is to be a man, what it is to be a woman. And then not only that, but like the, the effort, (laughs) the effort of the kingdom of darkness to distort the image of God on earth through messing up the sexual interactions, messing up our, um, marriages, messing up, in the end, like taking out a young generation by eliminating the strong families. Mm -hmm. And so I, as I listened to him, I feel like it it felt like the light bulb just went on for me, putting the pieces together of what I had seen in, you know, flipping through those magazines as a young girl and 
seen like there's a trouble, there's brokenness. Um, what I had seen even in scriptures as a, as a child, as a 10 year old, 11 year old scene, um, the prophetic messages in the old Testament being like, we're starting to just put it together. This is why, mm-hmm. this is why God doesn't like idolatry. It's not that he's insecure. He just knows that these false God systems were, um, would just dis- destroy nations. Uh, anyway, so as I sat in that classroom, all these things are coming together and I, I just thought, God help me. Like, I want to, I want to be a part of bringing healing to my generation. And I didn't really know where to start, but I started in my own dedication as mm-hmm. a single woman to um, not play games with the young men around me. I mean, I knew you, right, at that time. And you and I were like, liked each other, <laughs> but we decided not dating, to. Dating, dating, but not dating. Right. And not thought, dating, but dating. And it was literally <laughs> then in a couple of days after hearing um, this message that I like you and I had a big, a real conversation of like, you know what, I'm going to actually dedicate this time. I'm going to be single and I'm going to dedicate my heart to the Lord for this next ended up being about a a year and a half before you and I dated. And so started with just a personal convictions. It sounds crazy, but I'm like, it affected my social life in that it's like, I've decided, I'm deciding I'm not going to laugh at these jokes with sexual innuendos anymore. I actually don't think it's funny. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to go to that movie with my friends anymore. Um, I'm not going to pretend that I don't know what the lyrics of that song mean. Like I'm going to, in a way, clean my own heart and set, set myself apart. Yeah. Um, and then over time, um, it, be getting involved with our church, with the youth group and the young adult group, just starting to speak to things as much as I, we could. That's kind of where the rubber started to meet the road. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. So I think that's where, you know, ra- around that age, Bri, is where our lives intersected. Mm-hmm. We were 18 when we met. Yeah. Um, I hadn't gone away to that school yet, but you and I both, I think, had, um, you know, encountered the Lord in a deeper way. We're starting to dedicate ourselves to him. And yeah. for those who don't know, before, before our roads <laughs> intersected, what put this passion in your heart? Yeah, well, I think if I go back to um, before, there's kind of a leading, there's like that, that hinge moment that I kind of was asking you about, like when did the rubber meet the road? Like if I flash back, like, you know, into my upbringing and stuff like that, like, um, I, I grew up in a Christian ish family. Like I, I grew up kind of going to church with my mom. Um, but like, that was, that was it mm-hmm. for uh, the early parts of my life. And I, I didn't, I don't really remember much. You know what I mean? I remember seeing Noah on the flannel, flannel graph and the little ark and all the animals going up and yeah. kids church. And it's like, well, great. You know, right. It's like a zoo. That's awesome. Yeah. You know, a floating zoo. Amazing. Um, but like I, there was, there was no real desire and there was no really no like discipleship taking place in, right. in my life. And, um, there was a pretty traumatic experience I had as a young man. Like it wasn't like traumatic as if it happened to me, but it was just, it was like one of those shaping moments. You know, I had, a um, my grandfather passed away pretty tragically and, and that kind of, that really messed me up as a young man. And yeah, um, because you were, pretty, you were close with him. Yeah. Yeah. For real. Yeah. And, um, and I think like it, it represented just this, this deep sense of injustice. Like, mm-hmm. 
you know, like this is a tragic, like fluke freak accident. Like there's negligence. Yeah. Negligence from, from some people, you know, that, you know, without getting too much into it, like, um, but like there was just this deep anger that started to grow in me as a young man. I was always, I'm always pretty intense. Like I've, Mm -hmm. I'm an intense individual at times and, Mm -hmm. um, you know, but like that's, that was there even as a young man, but like without the Lord, without, you know, the Holy Spirit's uh, working in my life. And, um, but I, uh, yeah, I just went right into kind of the whole party scene and, and a lot of broken relationships with girls was pretty like, I, I use the term, like I was predatorial, but it's not like I, I broke laws or something like that. I was like, I wasn't a sexual predator, but like mm-hmm. I was predatorial in the sense of that I saw that I, I viewed women that they strictly existed for my sexual pleasure. Right. Right. And that, you know, like, I don't, I don't think in any of the relationships that I had that I actually cared for them as people, you know what I mean? Like it was just an avenue to meet my own selfish Mm -hmm. needs. And so, which is just really the message of the culture, unfortunately, but like Mm -hmm. without, without anybody telling me any different, like I just was just living what, what, what I thought to be normal. Right. Right. And, um, and so that, that takes me to 2003 when I, you know, I get invited to a small group Bible study at the church now that we're still a part of still helping with leadership now. And, um, you know, I get invited to this kind of pizza party Bible study thing Mm -hmm. and I, I get, you know, like, man, God just takes a layer off my heart and is just like drawing me. Like I wasn't like, I would have said that I prayed a prayer or something that night, Mm -hmm. which I did like to say like, yeah, Jesus, I give you my life, but I was still holding on to so much of my life. Right. right? Like I don't even think I really knew what I was saying, you know, but like I knew that God had, had really grabbed a hold of my heart. And so, um, but anyways, like, you know, like I kind of lived this life, this duplistic life for a while of going to church on Sunday morning, yet partying really hard Friday Friday night, Saturday night, and just not really not putting two to two together. No, they're like, Hey, maybe, maybe I should grow and become more like Jesus, you know, and, and really search out who this God is that I've yeah. given my life to. And, you know, yet, you know, I'm just living for myself. And, mm-hmm. and, um, and so anyways, um, I get, another kind of radical encounter that just kind of shifts my heart. And I realize, like, man, I just want to be all in for God. I don't know what it looks like. I don't understand. I don't have answers to a lot of questions, but it's like, Jesus, I know you're real. And, and I want, I'm giving you my life. I'm, I'm all in. So, yeah. um, you know, so that kind of, I, I got involved with a, um, yeah, I got involved with the, the the discipleship school that started in our, in our church, and just really started to press in mm-hmm. to to getting to know God, to discovering who I am in Jesus, and this whole process. But just like you mentioned, our good friend Pastor Jim, who will be on the podcast soon. It's been a long time coming. We've, Honestly, we've quoted him enough. Yeah, exactly. It's like he's been on the podcast, but he's going to be on the podcast soon. We're we're really excited. We're talking. We're going to be connecting here in the next little bit to Amazing. put together probably multiple multiple episodes. So you're going to, you guys are going to love that. But, um, 
anyway, so Jim comes and he does his, his several day teaching and on, on all this and family identity, destiny, all this stuff. And, mm -hmm. but I just remember sitting in that class and, and there was a whiteboard that he was using. And, and if you guys, if some of you have by chance ever been, mm -hmm. you know, uh, in a Jim Anderson teaching, uh, atmosphere, you'll know that he, uh, he's got a way of taking notes that it's just like, everything's connected. You know what I mean? Like he's drawing lines over to the other side of the, yeah. the whiteboard, but it's pointed back the other way. And it's just like this huge, no, no empty spaces, yeah, on the mosaic board. of notes and points and, and, you know, revelation on some things. And yeah, but it's, uh, I just remember sitting there and I would go through these times of like, trying to listen and then I would like break down and cry and like trying to keep it together and not make a big scene, you know, right. But I just started to see my life on a whiteboard. I started to see so much of what the lie I had believed growing up and so much of the, mm -hmm. um, the lie that I believed as a young man of like what it meant to be manhood, what it like, what, or what it meant to, to walk in manhood and what it meant to, um, what sexuality was really all about, what, yeah. you know, like all these things he's just unpacking and I'm seeing my story. Um, and I knew like in that moment, like, again, this is like, we make these big promises and we don't realize what it's all going to entail. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean, like we don't read the fine print, but you know, I just said, Oh my God, like, I just, I want to give my life for this so that nobody else would have to go through, um, what I went through and, and live in the kind of confusion that I'd lived in yeah. and cause the pain and even experience the pain that I had experienced because of these decisions. Yeah. Um, and so that's, that's just, that's kind of how it started for me. And um, and we, you know, like we tried to stay in touch with, with Jim and, you know, as much as we could and, mm -hmm. um, you know, and, you know, I'm, I'm thankful now we get to call him a friend, but, um, you know, I think his voice on so much of this was just like helping me find healing, helping me find words to communicate this. Cause it's like, I didn't, I didn't know how, yeah. but I wanted to, yeah. um, and, uh, and so, yeah, that's kind of how, how that burden or that passion really, really got lit for this message. Totally. And it's influenced, like I look back and I think of us as 19 year olds or 20 year olds, you know, hearing this message. And then I think here we are, you know, we're both turning 36 this year Crazy. and we have six sons. Like we didn't see that coming, oh, you know, real. like I knew, I didn't always know, I didn't always know I wanted wanted kids. And then when I did, I didn't know I wanted a lot of kids. And then, but you know, it's interesting. I think of how, when I was young, really having that burden for the fatherless boys, you know, seeing the need for boys to, um, kind of be taught how to be men. And, yeah. um, I remember, I, I remember thinking like, Man, we always, I would hear like girls, you often end up dating men who are like your father. So mm. if your father was kind of like, was broken, like, just be careful that you don't end up dating someone like that. And I remember saying to my mom, like, but why don't we just teach men how to not be broken? Right. Right. And, um, anyway, so now we have six sons, you know, our oldest are twins or 12. Uh, and then our, our youngest is just almost six months, you know, and, and it is, it's 
a busy and it's a challenge, it's a challenge, but it's a, it's a mandate, you know, that mm-hmm. Brian, that we take seriously. Um, and it's, it's interesting now to watch our sons actually have a real passion for respecting women and a passion totally. for, um, even the work we do here with the union as they've come to understand it a little bit more than they, they're like, glad you do what you do, yeah. mom and dad. Um, because they're seeing now in their friends and in their generation, they're seeing the brokenness and we're just, we're just trying to do our part, I yeah. guess, to bring truth for the sake of our kids' friends totally, and for our own children, yeah. you know? Yeah. And I think that's even part of the motivation with why we wanted to share our stories. Like we realize that our stories are not isolated, that they're mm-hmm. not, they're not just like these fluke one-off stories. Like the, the chances are, is like our story is replicated so much throughout our generation mm-hmm. in some way, shape or form that we've experienced, um, either firsthand, you know, sexual abuse or, mm-hmm. or just like unhealthy, um, unhealthy relationships with regarding sexuality, or we know somebody mm-hmm. who's experienced it and had to walk with them through the pain. Like it's, it's just, Everybody. it's just an earmark of our culture. But I think this is why, why we exist because we get, we get a lot of questions with like, why are you guys called the union? What is the union about? And, and we, we, we called it the union and we're going to get into some other of the key issues with why, um, we're going to call it, why we called it the union or we felt to call it the union. But one of the things is we wanted to be a movement of people who were able to take their testimony. And this is why testimonies are so important to us, why we share stories, why we, mm-hmm. are, why we believe in the vulnerability to, to be like, Hey, like I do have brokenness in my past. And, but Hey, can I tell you what Jesus has done mm-hmm. is because it gives per- permission for other people to do that. And we wanted to raise up a union, a movement, a group of people that it wasn't just an isolated, um, isolated voice or something like that, but like a movement of people who were willing to share their story of how God separated, uh, their heart from their history yeah, and, um, and brought healing to them, you know? And, um, and so that's why like opportunities like this, we, we love just to be real and be honest with who we mm-hmm. are. And cause that gives permission for other people uh, to do that as well. And yeah. to step into out of the darkness, into the light yeah. and experience the freedom that, that that type of vulnerability before God and man gives us. So, yeah, even, you know, today, um, I went to a massage therapist appointment, you know, just doing kind of maintenance work on my back after having, having kids and I've had some issues with my alignment. And so, and I'm like, yeah, you know, sometimes I have trouble with my hips and she just dug so deep that I was literally like just sweating in my hips started to hurt. And I was like, (laughs) across town. that's right. But (laughs) I was in, so I was actually in a lot of pain and I, and I thought I didn't know that those points that there was not that deep. Right. I didn't know that that's where my, the tension in my neck was stemming from, but she just dug until she found it, you know? And I think that, um, there's times in our life where there's, we have these memories or these things that happen to us that it's deep down, but by having these conversations, by sharing our testimonies, it actually pokes, I mean, I'm, I'm sorry, but I'm not sorry, but it pokes at these places that are, Mm -hmm. um, where the body then starts to try to compensate and you end up, 
limping or um, not being able to stand tall or walk tall, or you end up with pain and it affects your, if it can even affect, you know, the way, like you give you headache or whatever. I'm using that as a metaphor, but we want to poke at some of these things and, and show it's like, Oh, that hurts. It's like, I know, but we, but we believe in the healing power of Jesus. We believe that the Holy spirit comes and he, Jesus said about the Holy spirit, he is your, he is the one who's going to convict you of sin and of righteousness and judgment to come. He is also your counselor. So it's like, you know, people, there's people all over the world that can't, get access to a trained therapist or a trained counselor. It's like, well, okay, but the, and we are obviously, we are, we endorse that. We are for sure all for, for sure. um, you know, trained professionals and, Definitely. Um, but there's people who can't access that. So yep. then, but the, so the Holy spirit is there as a counselor um, to guide us. And then he's also our comforter, you know, and I think in our generation, we try to find comfort in so many things when the Holy Spirit's like, come to me and I can heal you. Like mm. I can help you walk through that, even though, even though it hurts, it doesn't have to hurt forever. And your children or your children's children's lives can be impacted. The people around you, the atmosphere um, can be, it can, the, the atmosphere can be impacted because you went through the difficult thing and faced mm. Um, those lies. I just, I, I mean, I just know even between our stories, you know, they're so different. I'm like the homeschooled church kid and I faced such pain and brokenness. I actually, right. I'm like, is there anyone who hasn't? I, I don't think it's possible in this generation in no. our world. Um, so it's time for the church, yeah. the leaders within the church, bold voices within the church to just start to say, Jesus loves you. And it doesn't yeah. matter your past or um, whether it looked squeaky clean or not. Um, there's conversation to be had around these topics. Yeah, absolutely. And especially as, you know, like the volume gets louder and louder within culture, yeah. which it has. Like, yeah, I think absolutely. like what I grew up with mm -hmm. as far as like inundation of you know, pornography, inundation of just sexual perspective mm -hmm. was like so low compared to right. like what, you know, high school kids are going, like going through right now. Like it's, yeah. um, it's shifted so much, obviously like internet, the internet has caused everything just to be available mm -hmm. and to be right there. And, you know, like you are bombarded, mm -hmm. um, you know, yeah, with just a, a whole world of stuff, right? And so I think even more so, like we have to be willing to get back to what the scriptures say because, mm -hmm. like, this is one of the things that we've talked about, like that this, the the damage that's been done or the the ground, I, I would say the ground that's been lost in this in in this topic is that the f the fact that like we as a as the church mm -hmm. or Christian leaders have felt that somehow it's like. You know, like, yeah, God made sex, but do we really have to talk about it? You know what I mean? Or it's mm -hmm. like, like, or like, does the scriptures really talk? Like, like, are you reading the Bible? Of course it is. Like, it's all through there. Yeah. Right. Like the, the damage done by the, the compromising of the design of sexuality is all through the scriptures mm -hmm. and God's, God's designed for redemption mm -hmm. for those who have 
crossed that boundary, who have crossed and crossed that line and experienced that pain and either themselves mm-hmm. been, been the ones handing it out or the ones taking it in themselves. Mm-hmm. The plan of redemption is all through there. Yeah. And and I think this brings us into the other point of why we called the union and, and just why we're committed to truth is because it is actually truth that sets us free. Right. Right. And that we believe that God's design for sexuality is actually not burdensome. Right. Right. It feels burdensome when we don't understand his heart. Mm-hmm. It feels burdensome when we try to superimpose the world's perspective or like the, um, and when I say the world, it's just like the, the, uh, the system of the day yeah. trying to inject it and or superimpose it over top of, of God's design for it and be like, well, yeah, that's it, but we can shift this and we can move this. Mm-hmm. And it's still the same, isn't it? It's like, well, no, it's not like yeah. there's some key things. And so that's why we're dedicated to truth. That's why mm-hmm. we're dedicated to clearly, you know, bringing biblical clarity to sexuality, um, to identity, marriage, relationships, everything. Yeah, totally. Um, and I think as we can be committed to truth, we can see what freedom really looks like for people. Mm -hmm. That's so true. That's so good. Yeah. So, I mean, some of the keywords you'll see in, in, uh, around our website or, you know, on our social media is truth, hope, and destiny. You know, like you said, there's the Mm -hmm. truth of God's design. Uh, that is, it is a good design and it's not, you weren't, he doesn't want you to feel dirty, um, in, in your body. He doesn't hate your sexuality. Um, he wants you to govern over it rather than mm-hmm. be governed by it. Um, and that's when you were saying that, like it is only, it's confusing when we don't have the power of Christ at work in us, because then right. we're like, I'm trying to obey, but I can't. It's like, mm-hmm. right. Because in our own strength, we actually don't like, this is an area of sin that is an area of desire even that is it actually is so strong it is like a fire Mm -hmm. and if we don't have the power of christ making us new then we can feel helpless against it totally yeah so there's that truth and then there's that hope um yeah there's a hope of restoration that regardless of what we've gone through um we we are in good company Mm -hmm. that the you know the New Testament church was full of, of these converts who had come out of a worship system that, um, was all the, just the perversions and distortions of sexual expression. And they were coming into the church, you know, trying to learn this new way. And if you read in first and second Corinthians, you kind of catch a glimpse of, of that. So we're, you're in good company, um, that, that there's always hope that you don't have to, you're not destined to be, um, you know, a second rate citizen of the kingdom of God. And then, and then destiny that you, your story can turn, you can turn it around and your pain can end up bringing solutions and Mm -hmm. hope to others. Um, and that's, it's a beautiful, um, redemption. Yeah. And, and broken pieces can be brought and turned into, uh, turned into a work of art really where the Lord is glorified in his his love is seen in your life. So totally. Yeah. So the, the union, you know, we have, um, each individual person coming to a place of the, you know, we think of union, I think of unity, like a wholeness of, 
each individual person doesn't feel broken, but then also within your relationships, you know, we've heard there's the marriage union, but then there's also unity within a family, unity in friendships, you know, brothers and sisters, male and female, able to um, grow together and not have everything like charged with like sexual tension and stuff like that. That's a beautiful atmosphere to be a part of. And then also the union with God, Yeah, you know, no shame, no distortion um, separating us. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So we want to say thank you for joining us here on this podcast. And we hopefully this has kind of shed some light on, on why we're here, why we're motivated with this message that, that God can take your pain, God can take your shame and he can cause it to have a purpose and bring healing and equip you with truth to be a messenger now and be a trophy of grace mm-hmm. and be a voice um, to your generation, to your, to your sphere of influence with the reality of God, the truth of God's design for sexuality Mm -hmm. and bring freedom. So we would love to hear from you. If you have any questions or thoughts, reach out to us at the info at the union movement. We'd love to hear from you. Love to have a conversation, talk some more about this. Um, But if you are stuck, if you're feeling like, man, my, my past is continuing to reach into my everyday and I know it's reaching into my future. I want you to know that God can stop that right now. And that God can stop that the moment you're willing to take it out of the darkness and into the light and say, this is really, this is really what's going on. This is really, this is my story. Um, the light of God causes that process to stop immediately. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and you get to walk in a new, um, a new identity, a new plan uh, and purpose in Jesus and uh, experience that love. Uh, so thanks for joining us. We love you so much. And yeah. we'll see you right here next time on the Union Podcast. Thanks for listening to the Union Podcast. If you have any questions or comments, we'd love to hear from you. Please email us at podcast at the unionmovement.com. For more information, please visit our website, theunionmovement.com, or find us on Facebook and Instagram at The Union Movement.